Welcome to the Holding Absence podcast. My name is Ryan Richards and I am the manager of Holding Absence under the Future History Management umbrella. And like most artist managers these days, my roles and responsibilities are many. And today I'll be stepping into the unfamiliar role of presenter slash moderator for this chat with the guys about their newest release, their Gravity Birdcage split single. How it all came together, the songs, the artwork, the production, the music videos, etc. How the band have been spending their time in lockdown and what's coming next when we're finally on the side of these difficult times we're all currently living through. Anyway, enough from me. This is Holding Absence. absence before we start does everyone want to just say a little something so everyone at home knows who is who shall i start with lucas how are you doing that hello i'm lucas i'm doing okay (laughs) and what have you been doing today Uh, i went for a run today so my my left leg has been playing up a little bit annoyingly so i haven't been able to exercise as much as normal but uh yeah well i tried again today so (laughs) i do hope you're sitting down nice and comfortable yeah oh good 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 uh, James, you there? Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. James Joseph, bass extraordinaire. How's things with you? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know a few notes. Um, yeah, it's going all right. To be fair, I uh, I saw my mum for the first time in a few weeks today. She uh, oh, that's nice. she drove up to uh, to the car park. She brought the dog with her, and she thought it'd be cute to um, to let it off the leash so it could sort of like do a really nice, like, wholesome sort of run over to me. But instead of jumping up on me, it jumped up on this old lady who lives next door who's terrified of dogs. Oh. It, really, it really ruined the moment. It was funny, though. Ah, well, it was all in good nature, I'm sure. Oh, that's, it. that's it. Now about you, Scott. Scott Carey, what have you been up to? <sighs> Not a lot. Um, today's day two of the old exercise and bought some resistance bands. So, you know, Ooh. I'm a bulking, not sulking, as they say. That's the way. Buffing up, as, right. as, as is Ashley Green, as I understand I, it. He's been, he uh, he's been on the old gains as well. Is that true? That's it, mate. That's it. Uh, I like Scott's bulking, not sulking. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs> I can steal that. The fellas will be coming back looking like Manowar now. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a reference for anyone, any of the older, older folks listening here. But um, yeah, moving on from Manowar and to <laughs> chat about holding absence, which is, uh, of course, while we're all, why we are all here talking about the recent gravity birdcage split. And uh, yeah, I mean, to start with, how come you guys decided to work on a on a double a side because obviously you'd done that before a couple of years back with loathe uh you'd done the this is as one split and the um permanent and dream of me double a side before that so uh what was the thinking there um i think well it was kind of an idea that came out of um it was one of those things where after the america situation with our visas we all kind of we all met up and decided basically that, you know, we could either spend the next three months like sulking or bulking or whatever <laughs> um, and trying to, you know, kind of 
yeah, we could either just kind of sit on our thumbs and, and kind of sulk over the fact that we'd had some really bad news or we could just try and be as productive as possible and uh, try and pursue, I guess, something that maybe we wouldn't have done had we been on tour of America. Um, and at the time we'd started, you know, we were quite sick into writing album two. Uh, we had a handful of songs that we felt like could kind of go out on their own. And basically we just looked back at our career and realized how important both Permanent and Dream of Me was and how important the This Is As One split was. And we decided that maybe Gravity and Birdcage would be another cool way of keeping up this kind of ritual of releasing songs on the fly in their own kind of right. And, you know, and to be honest, at the time, I don't think it was much more than just a, a kind of a way of getting out of a sticky situation. But I feel like as a band now, we really are open to the thought of doing more split EPs and more double A's and stuff. And just kind of, you know, back when, for example, Enter Shikari released like Destabilize back when we were kind of growing up. It was like the coolest thing that that song was just on its own. You know what I mean? And um, and I think looking back, if there was a, you know, a double A of like Destabilize and Kel Surprise or whatever, I would have loved to have bought a copy as a, as a younger person. So I think it's quite a nice mixture of kind of just putting songs out there because we can, but also kind of giving the people at home something tangible to kind of connect with, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. And you, you're saying about the... The writing of the songs then so so that was after after you'd released the first album between that point um so when did when did these songs start to pop up the ideas for these and, and when you started working on them uh so birdcage came first birdcage was actually kind of on a, a bit more of a one-off kind of uh thing um for album one obviously we'd gone up to write one or two songs with dan weller who's obviously a really good friend of ours and came away with like a shadow and birdcage and obviously those were two of the kind of best songs on the album really uh and we just decided that for album two you know to try and understand what we wanted from this record it'd be important to kind of go up to him and write as early as possible and birdcage we went up to him in may i think so literally a month after touring and releasing the debut we were already on our way to london to write birdcage so yeah awesome. i think it was a definite um it was like a definite sort of renewed energy about around yeah. writing as well like because i'd not long joined the band at that point i think like normally bands write albums and then there's like a kind of period of oh well we finished that one now you know let's sort of relax but like obviously me coming in i feel like everyone sort of had a you know more of a like oh let's just crack on and you know and uh, get some more stuff out as well you know i guess that's the good thing about about getting a new person in the band really such as yourself because obviously the the first release was towards the the end of 2016 really so i mean when you when mm. when you look at getting the the debut album out that much later i guess it did take quite a while to come together so um it's definitely a good thing to to push on straight from that and and i guess to, to to be inspired by the reactions to the fans had to the record and of course the the headline tour that you guys did right after the uh, the release probably a good time to start writing again i would have thought yeah i think that album really it kind of showed us what we could have uh, in a more fulfilled kind of way with a, a lineup that we were hundred percent on. And, you know, the people that, you know, cause for me, Ash and James, it was a very special record, no matter what, because we'd obviously been there from day one, but you know, I felt, I feel like with obviously with Scott in the band, then doing that album run, I, I feel like it showed me the, the kind of like 
um, the opportunities that we had to write album two with a stable lineup and with Scott and, and with all these ideas, you know what I mean? So we kind of, it gave us a taste as to what could come. And I think we were just hungry to get at it really. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about working with, with, with Dan Weller, who obviously you're saying you, you worked with on the, on the first record. And how did that all come about when, well, back, back to the first record, really, how did, how did that all, all transpire to working with Dan? Um, I think it was uh, obviously Faisal was our main kind of songwriter really for Al at the beginning of album one. Um, and obviously when he left to join Loath, it was a very scary time for myself, James and Ash, because I think we were very worried that we didn't really have like a key songwriter, you know what I mean? Rather than just kind of three people who were really good at helping to write songs. Um, and, and I feel like it's the same with anything, whether, whether it's a sport or whether it's, you know, music or whatever, it's like confidence in yourself is the absolute first thing that you need. So we were at a time where I think our confidence was a little bit shattered. And obviously you, I kind of said, um, you know, why don't you maybe kind of sit down with somebody like Dan or other options to try and kind of bring this like songwriting flair out of the three of us. Um, and yeah, we went, we went to Dan. I can't. So I remember the exact day because it was my sister's graduation. So I actually went to see my sister graduate and then caught a train to London. And I remember being sat meeting Dan for the first time. I was wearing like a, a shirt and trousers or whatever, because I just come from graduation. But, um, but yeah, so it was um, for us, it was just very much about meeting somebody who could really bring the best of us out of, out of the three of us and, and really remind us that we were, you know, great songwriters and, and what we could maybe do, you know, and, and that really set the tone for the rest of the album and arguably the, the better half of the album even. So, yeah. I mean, with, with, with you, with, with Ash and, uh, and James, obviously being in the band from the start, how, mm. how did you feel at the time about, I suppose, the prospect of letting someone else in really inviting someone in to collaborate and, and work with you on songs as, as a sort of outside writer? How did that feel at the time? I think it's, it's a very interesting um, like topic for any, any musician to speak about because I know a lot of bands are either 100% for it or 100% against it. And, you know, co-writers or ghostwriters are kind of not looked at as, as like a good thing normally. You know, when you find out that your, you know, your favourite band had written music with somebody it kind of just sours the experience a little bit but I just I just feel like as as music evolves you know around us you know some of the best songs on earth were written by nine people you know and like it's just it's all about what is best for the song really so at the time I think we were all a little bit skeptical um I'm not sure if Ash and James can shed any more light on it but you know I think we were scared and nervous just getting meeting Dan for the first time even but yeah I, um, I remember um, it was when we were on, uh, uh, on tour in, in Europe for like that month and um, we'd, I think we'd recorded the first half of the record. I think maybe, when, when did we go to Dan the first time? Was it like May time? It was the summer. Year, 20, yeah. 2018. And um, I remember being like, I remember like liking the experience but being like, oh, this was like weird because Dan's not in the band but like he's contributed like, like a hefty amount. And then while we were on tour with Being As An Ocean, we were still working on stuff, but like it kind of opened me like personally up to, to, to like, you know, chatting with um, Anthony at the time who was drumming for being as an ocean and Tyler as well. And just being like, Oh, like, what do you think? And then them kind of like collaborating. And, and I was like, Oh, this is actually like cool. Like collaborating with 
different people outside of the band and having their like opinions is like is kind of cool but then it also like kind of reminded me oh jesus christ like lucas james and you know even at the time scott who was helping us finish the record i was like jesus christ they're like so like <laughs> i'm gonna gush and say like i realized how good you all were because i was like jesus christ like um tyler and anthony were like good but then they couldn't like capture the same kind of thing you guys did so i was like oh this is like yeah it was it was definitely one of those like um i don't know like kind of like pivotal like learning things where it was it was definitely like a um like something new again for the first time you know I think um, something worth noting as well is at the time, because like I have a very vivid memory of that being as an ocean tour, because like you said, we'd written with Dan at that point, I think. And we were kind of slowly crawling our way through the writing process of the second half of the album. There was a lot of uncertainty. But Mm. if you remember, Scott and Chris weren't even in the band at the time. So we were sat in the van and we were working on a demo for To Fall Asleep. And I remember thinking kind of like, you know, Scott was kind of sat there writing something. And I remember being like, God, it's mad that like, you know, we're kind of allowing somebody who's not officially in the band yet to write something with us, <laughs> you know, but then yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I feel like Dan really opened us up to the idea of collaborating in that way anyway, you know, yeah, and obviously yeah. Scott went on to join. So it's just, it, you mm. know, that's a, a moot point now, but like, yeah. I feel like it did give us a really good opportunity to kind of let go of things a little bit and just do what was best for the music, you know? Yeah. I remember at the time it was, it's after, you know, after Faisal and, and Georgia had left the band, it was, it was down to <laughs> three piece sort of thing there. And if I remember right then, James, it, I think it was a guitar idea yourself. There was the, from yourself, there was the initial seed for, for like a shadow in there. Um, the first demo we did was literally a few days. So Faisal, uh, told us that he was going to leave the band like whilst we were on tour with with loath which is which is coincidentally then the band he, he left holding absence to join um so it was about a week after we got back from from that tour where we realized we we just had to get together and try and try and work things out i mean all of us all of us knew that like it was going to be tricky but that that song was the product of literally the first the first session just being the three of us in in my flat and uh and it was it was quite nice when we showed when we first went to work with Dan and we showed him all the demos. He picked like that one out of a load where he was like, right, I can do something with this. And and I think that gave us all a huge confidence boost. I, I don't think any of us would have considered ourselves. I don't think any of us would have written as much music since then if it wasn't for Dan being like, yeah, this stuff is all cool. Like it just needs a little a little tweak here and there. I think um, Like a Shadow is an interesting one because I've just searched on my voice memos, right? And um, it's really interesting to look at the date because I basically the, the first idea that started for that song was the Moonless Midnight Bridge. So the Moonless Midnight thing. That is, I've got like a voice memo of it. I don't know if we could check it in or whatever. We, but, can, um, we can check that in. Yeah, we can, we can do a clever cool. edit. Okay. you like my shadow misses sunlight pitch black sunshine you waste up on my daylight and i'm so tired cool so i'll, I'll stand that over to you but it, the date on it is more interesting to me because it says the 15th of april of 2018 but when did we finish that loath tour 
Yeah, if anybody was, could I, vaguely I remember. It, I'm sure it was March, the end of March. Yeah, so it would have been maybe two weeks after Fez had left, that kind of mm -hmm. idea stemmed. And then we took it, yeah, and then I remember kind of sitting down in James's and the three of us, and um, and I remember we just said, look, let's write something like Alexis on Fire, let's write something like kind of Creeper was obviously like smashing it with their first album at the time. Like, So we had this, this hardcore punk beat, and then the song kind of grew from there. And I think because we didn't really know what to do with that song, we didn't really see how special it was until Dan brought it out of us, of, of us really. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with the, with the two new songs, you, you worked with Dan on the, on the right hand side with, um, the birdcage and, um, and gravity then from, from your perspective, Scott, obviously being the, I suppose the, the newest guy in the band and, and, and joining the band, did, did you have any sort of, um, I don't know, outside, um, thoughts about what what you could do from your side to i don't know to, to take the band forward what you could offer what you thought the, the strengths of the band were when you joined oh bloody hell um i know i i, I remember i knew there was big shoes to fill with faisal because obviously with all the atmospheric side of things um he well he brought all of that to the band essentially with the you know with the with the guitar parts and yeah, I did. I well, I'd never done that before. You know, before sort of like joining the joining the band, or even playing with the band. And I, I always remember James calling me up and asking me to you know play guitar for like that one, uh, the one being as an ocean tour. And I was just had to buy loads of of gear um, to sort of you know be able to like replicate the those sounds. effect pedals and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I'd recently almost uh, consigned myself to not being in a band again. So I sold all my amps and guitars and things and the. Uh, then when James asked, I was just like, oh, got to go and buy all that again. But um, yeah, in terms of like songwriting, um, obviously like a, a lot of people know now, but I've had a 10-year relationship with Lucas, you know, being in uh, bands and things before writing music. So I think it was, to me, it almost felt just like a, an extension of that, like, you know, like leaving, like picking up where we left off almost, you know, like I, um, um, I don't really know how to describe it. Like, I know that's really bad. It was like a re rekindled kind of yeah. something that I feel like we'd not, you know, like it was kind of like hanging out with an old friend in a or like play, you know, playing a video game that you grew up playing with a friend. Yeah. For the first time in years and falling straight back into the, it again, you know? I guess yeah, was, for, any, for, anyone that, for anyone that might not be aware listening, you guys were in a, in a band called Falling With Style. Tell us about that. Um, <laughs> oh God. A, de a decade of talking for Scott about our stupid bands. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically, yeah, we just me and Scott met when we were um, when we were like twelve, basically, and um, when we were about fifteen, sixteen, we started a band called Falling with Style, and and it, you know it went really well, and, and I view it as the the ultimate learning curve and a really important part of why I am where I am today as a person and a musician, you know, and I met James through that band, uh, Ash filled in for our last ever tour. So it's, it's a very kind of deep rooted part of Holden Absence by accident, really. Um, but yeah, so me and, you know, me and Scott, we wrote music from the age of 15 to 20 together. And then I feel like even though we're going off on a huge tangent here, I feel like Wilt was the real moment that I realized that like, nothing had changed five years later because it, it literally was just me and Scott sat in Scott's living room and we just wrote Wilt really quick, basically. And it just felt like a really special 
yeah, just like a really special kind of thing with an old friend of mine. And, and it really, like, like I said, it rekindled something that had been dormant for quite a long time, I think. Awesome. And, and with, with Wilt and the, and, the, and the tracks you wrote with Scott on the album, did, did you do those in the same place or somewhere else as you, <clears throat> as you wrote the, these two new songs? Or? Um, so, yeah, so with these two, Birdcage and Gravity were kind of written with Dan. So we were in, in London um, kind of sleeping in, a, in like an Airbnb. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it was a really fun, it was a funny week looking back. Um, but I, I feel like it, it's funny because like Wilt is like a kind of different example because that was the only song that I feel like Scott really kind of put his all into on the debut. And, um, and I think with Gravity and Birdcage, we knew that, you know, Wilt is a very different song from those two as well. So I feel like for Scott getting involved for his first kind of foray into, especially writing with um, with Dan as well, I, I think it was trying to learn all and putting on different hats of Holding Absence, you know, and like I view Gravity as kind of like, I don't know, actually, I, I don't really know why I view Gravity as similar to in our back catalogue, but, you know, I view Birdcage as quite similar to like a shadow and Wilt is like kind of similar to Penance. So when Scott kind of joined the band already, he'd kind of, taken part in three songs that, you know, as, as we speak right now, you know, Scott's involvement in three songs are very varied and it really does show that, you know, I don't think we're slowing down or changing really in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in terms of the, the actual recording process then for, for these two new tracks, you, uh, you went in with Mr. Romesh Dodengoda producer extraordinaire there and uh, <laughs> how did that come around obviously he's um i mean he's a long-time friend of myself and a long time uh we i think we can call him a, a legend of the, the card yeah team. yeah definitely I think, yeah, I think he's earned that particular accolade working with uh all sorts of other uh, I'm, I'm trying not to big myself up now but but other, uh, <laughs> other brilliant other, brilliant uh, musicians from Welsh. other Welsh <laughs> artists yeah d- down the years including uh <coughs> friend and um <laughs> glass houses and uh, the blackouts the blackout yeah, yeah. motorhead even so, yeah, uh, you know not not that you sound all that much like motorhead but um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah what was the, what was the thinking about uh about working with Ramesh and, and what you thought he could to bring to the process and, and how that process went? Uh, I think it was it's something that um, has been in the works for a long time. Like, again, even going back to Fallen with Style, we, we know Ramesh was always sort of in touch with Lucas and myself about possibly working with him. And um, I think the cards just aligned, you know, it was it, it was two songs. Um, he had a, a couple of days free and, um, you know, we just had a tour cancelled and, we, you know, we'd had these songs ready to go. And it, I think it was just sort of, you know, all the stars aligned in the in the perfect kind of way, really, to to make it work. Yeah, he did us um, he did us a real solid with um, moving his schedule around to try and trying to fit us in for that week. I remember going back and forth with with, with him, and and he was sort of um, he had to move a few things about. And um, the main the main thing in our heads was that we wanted to make the most of of all that time that we we were left with once once our our visas got denied for America. And then the second thing was the, the fact that we weren't we weren't overly fussed on the vocal produ- uh, production on album one. We thought that let the band down quite a bit. So we figured, why not work with someone like Ramesh, who's who's really like, um, or, you know, almost known for his his great vocal production um, for the for new the new the new stuff. Like it's it's like a a natural sort of 
progression forward. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, and in terms of, of the records, even even what he's been doing lately, obviously working uh, with with Bring Me the Horizon on the on the Ammo album and um, and uh, you know Twin Atlantic and, and stuff like that, all all really strong vocal led records really so definitely a bit of a different thing and and then actually recording in cardiff then which i guess was quite uh, quite convenient for you guys then obviously all living in, in or around cardiff being able to go home at the end of the day was lovely yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and with this the 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 mixer then was was handled by adam nolly get good mixer extraordinaire of uh, periphery fame and of is it really i mean he's he's, he's made his name um predominant metal scene, through, yeah. yeah mixing heavier stuff like um you know your architects and periphery and and, and bleed from within and, and stuff like that so it's quite an interesting choice to to, to work with Nolly. was something anything in particular then that, that that drew you to his his style of mixing or these particular tracks felt right or i think i think um, I think with Nolly, it, it was very much a case of we, we like, like James said, you know, we were kind of, we still had things about the first album that we weren't a hundred percent happy with. And a big thing, even though the mix is brilliant, we definitely went through a lot of umming and eyeing with the, the mix of the album. And it kind of was quite an unfortunate situation, really. Like the, um, like the mixing of an album can actually be, or of a, a song even, can be something that can grate on you and actually wear you down on an emotional, personal level because it can make you see the ugly side of your song a little bit and make you, you know, and, and it's like the stress of going back and forth about different things and stuff, you know. When we just basically said to ourselves, with this song, we wanted to just get in there, write the best music we could, produce it the best it could be produced, you know, the vocals sounding the best and mix the best it could, basically, you know. And Nolly's always had such a good grasp of vocals. Like, when you look at his back catalogue, he's never worked with a, a bad vocalist, really, you know. And, like, between Spencer Sotelo and Sam Carter, you know, he's always had such a good grasp on brilliant vocals. Um, so, yeah, so I think, for me, it was a case of just... I knew what he could do with my voice and I knew what Ramesh could do with my voice. And that was kind of the big kind of center point of working with him, I think. I remember when, I think, Brian, you, you mentioned that um, you'd been chatting with Nolly about having him like work on um, like some stuff with us. So, so when that, like, you know, when the opportunity came up, it was just like, oh, you know, yeah, like definitely. I think, um, cause like most of us have watched like, front to back like band docs like just all the time like band documentaries and that and and watching um i remember specifically watching like a periphery one and being like oh fair play like he is like really good um and then you know he did uh the new architects record which was sick so it was just kind of like oh the fact that we can work with both nolly dan weller and ramesh you know, on, on one session was kind of like, just like a dream team, you know, like it was, it was kind of like a no brainer. I mean, definitely. And especially from, from your side, I would think Ash, I mean, certainly for me, I've always been someone who's really loved the, the drum tones that, uh, and, and you know, the drum mixes that, 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 that Nolly's able to perform. And I think he definitely put a lot of, uh, energy into, into, mm. into your performance. Not that it wasn't there before, of course, uh, yeah. as, as anyone who would have watched Total Absence live would attest to, but I think it's uh, 
he's he's definitely got an ear for drumming. Definitely got a big passion for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I think um, and you know, credit to Ramesh as well. Again, like when we were just sat in his studio, like going over takes and stuff, and and we were like listening back, and and when Scott and James were tracking, I just remember thinking, Jesus Christ, like I, because I'd I'd been in Ramesh's studio a couple times before with with some other bands, like photographing and stuff and, and i remember thinking like oh this sounds like ace but then it's, it's just a different bag when you're listening to yourself and you're like oh bloody hell like this this does sound sick so yeah like a mix of, of just both those two together is yeah just a, a dream mate it was it was it was amazing tell me about the uh tell me about the artwork and and how that all came together for the for the split because i mean i, I think it's one of those things when you when you're doing a a double a side or a split or, or or whatever you want to call it and especially when you're doing something on a um on a picture disc vinyl it becomes i mean a it's it's important um to get the visual right for that but then there's always you you have that sort of duality where you want it's almost like having a, a mirror image because you've got your side a and side b and, and that plays into it so tell me a bit about that process Okay. Uh, yeah. So when we started this double A, we were, we were very hands-on with the idea of working with Beth Miller again. Uh, she's a brilliant photographer and is somebody who has always managed to capture what we've always wanted to capture as holding absence. Um, obviously the black and white thing has been something we've done for a very long time, but we just felt like maybe imposing that kind of colored paint on top of the photo. So it's, it's technically not like there's any color in the photo, it's like there's color on the photo, you know? So already that's kind of sticking to Holden Absence guidelines, but also kind of moving forward a little bit and showing people that there's a little bit more to just the normal black and white style of, of artwork, I guess. Um, we knew we wanted quite striking like imagery in terms of like models and stuff, you know? Um, so Beth managed to find uh, Ruben, who's a, who's a brilliant brilliant photographer, uh, brilliant model, sorry, and, um, and Zara as well, who is obviously Faisal's sister and is, is, a, is a brilliant model as well. So those pair were just so professional. And um, it was myself and Beth, and I think, I think it was just me and Beth and, and my girlfriend Gels at the time at the photo shoot. But Zara and Ruben were just perfect. And, and we managed to capture, I'd say, about 10 photos that could have made the front. So it was, it was a really positive experience. And I'm glad they came out looking the way they did. So, yeah. Yeah, and you're also able to, uh, well, I, I suppose it was quite an important thing. I, I, I certainly remember it being that way that they were to be featured in the in the music videos then for um, for both Gravity and, and Birdcage then. So how did that come about and who did you end up filming that with and where was that? Um, I think it was just, yeah, for us it was more about c- consistency and coherence and because it was only two songs as well, it, it felt like an easier way of immersing people in this little universe, you know, even though it was just a two-track, you know, we still wanted it to feel like a place in time as always. Um, so, yeah, so obviously managing to get Zara and Ruben back for um, for the videos was just perfect and, and it kind of, it really helped add to the the narrative of the images because now you know a little bit more about the characters and stuff uh the main video for gravity was filmed with zach pinchin um the longtime collaborator of ours we did like a shadow with him we did saint cecilia uh perish we've done countless videos with with zach and he's brilliant Um, and i think gravity is his best one with us so far so we're really really happy with that and um as for birdcage ironically like i said obviously it was faisal's sister uh, Zahara, who was the model, ironically, Fez actually filmed 
the video for Birdcage. And I'm right in thinking, I don't know if anyone can shed any light, but I think it was because... Wasn't it because it was in lockdown? No, it was. Yeah, it was lockdown. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was quite a funny story if uh, anyone wants to tell it. Um, I, I, I remember um, uh, we, we were meant to get some, um, a couple of little bits off uh, like Zach, but he was, he was busy with, with something else. Um, and uh, I, think, I think maybe I'd been on a phone call with Fez and, and uh, he, we, we were just chatting and he was like, ah, uh, oh, you know what Fez is like? He was like, um, oh, can I, can I have a go? And I was like, oh, yeah, come on then. And then um, it actually like, you know, in passing. And then it actually like came to be that, you know, I think maybe Ryan maybe spoke to Fez or, or Fez had spoke to Ryan. I'm not sure how it like transpired. But then, you know, Fez was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it like tomorrow. Because it was, I think it was the same week, you know, that he, he did it. It was the the Monday um, of the week we were putting it out. And I think maybe on the Tuesday he had started filming stuff. So then by the Wednesday, um, we'd already had like the first version of, you know, he, he, he then sent me the files and I quickly like threw it together. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was within the space of like three days it had gone from, you know, oh, we don't know what we're doing to, oh, here, here's the finished video with, you know, filmed by Fez, and it's just fortunate enough that his sister is one of the like main model. Well, not one of the, you know, one of the two models in the in the whole like campaign and the and the, the videos and the, the picture disc. You know, and so it was it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. And well, it know, was like, yeah, because that was the thing. We we it, there was obviously a plan E for for that video <coughs> due to the lockdown couldn't happen, and and then we were all scratching our heads a little bit, like, ah, oh, what are we going to do now? And then, and then that, that light bulb went off and it was like, hang on, Faisal is in lockdown with his sister. Who is in, yeah. You know, one, of, one of three people that he could he could even film. Yeah. <laughs> ironically, the person we need him to film. So, yeah. The, the cool thing about that is, for, and, I, and I think some people often wonder, because I know, I know like, like, we all speak to Faisal, like, super regularly now. Like, I, like, I almost speak to him, like, every day, but he often gets asked like, oh, you know, how are things between you and holding absence? And is that, you know, people are always looking for drama or beef or something juicy like that. And then um, for, for anyone who, who's wondering, obviously now they, they sort of know that, that we're, we have a really good relationship with Fez after, after everything that happened. And like, you know, it would be very easy for him to be like, oh no, I, I'm, I'm not bothered about helping you guys. Like you're, I'm not in that band anymore. So it's, it was really cool of him to do that for us. Yeah. It's nice as well because he's a very creative person. So it is nice to be able to, yeah, and even, you know, regardless of whether we write music or whatever, you know, it's like, it's nice to think that we can still connect with him on a creative level through a different medium. It's, you know, so it's a good bonus. It's great. I mean, obviously, a lot of people uh, look back fondly upon the time when when you guys did the, the, the This Is As One, not just the, not just the split uh, EP, the split release, but obviously the tour that you mm, yeah. that you did with her and, and and just how many how many cool bands you you, you took out you took out for that tour i mean it was just amazing when you when you look at how everyone's come on for that tour now i mean what what do you remember about that tour that was a really cool thing actually and i'd love to do something similar again because you know every band every band likes to claim that they kind of you know they love the scene and diy till i die and all that kind of thing but like we've us and loads of obviously 
you know, and, and I know we've mentioned Fallen Star a couple of times, so I'll stop going on about it, but of course, Lowe's were a band before Lowe's and they were a, a kind of prevalent part of the music scene as well. So, you know, we are two bands that have just been grinding from, you know, for the best part of like, what, 10 years or whatever in the UK scene. So, yeah, so when we had the opportunity, and I think it was funny as well because obviously we're fortunate to be playing big venues now like Scala and doing well for tickets and stuff. But like back then, I think both us and Lowe's were just in disbelief that we'd kind of made the jump between like local band and band that could maybe sell tickets in a different city, you know? So, and it was the first opportunity we had to basically just take whatever small platform we had at the time and just get as many friends involved as possible. And when you look back, yeah, like the, um, obviously the glaring example of a band that played a show with us on that tour has gone on to do brilliant things is Sleep Token. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there was countless brilliant bands on, on that kind of, um, uh, that poster that we made with all these, with all the shows kind of put together and even bands that should have gone on to do more, you know, like obviously Part and Gift or, or whatever, you know, is there's a lot of really, really good bands on, on that tour. And I think that, that was a real money where your mouth is moment for us because we were like, if we can sell tickets in a different city and we can get our friends from that city to play these shows, let's do it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is as one part two, one of these days. Oh, bro, I was thinking about it. Imagine the 10-year reunion. The arena's like... (laughs) Oh, that would be good. I I mean, yeah, we're we're talking about touring, but, uh, yeah, talking about touring with with misty eyes at the moment because, obviously, uh, so much much of of that has... um, has fallen away now. I mean, j- j- just talking about now, I guess it probably should have been in Australia right now or just just would have come yeah. back, I think. It's all a blur. I, I could be anywhere. I, I should have been wherever. I'm trying not to think, to be honest. But yeah, it is, yeah. It is a, a, a weird one. But uh, I mean, you know, I think that's a, a really inspiring thing, though, is the fact that, like, you know, I feel like as people and as a band as well, you know, the more we've been deprived and knocked down, the the more confidently we've stood up afterwards you know and i think that's a really big part of everything we've ever done you know faisal left the band that could have really ruined things for us we wrote like a shadow and wilt two of our best songs ever uh america the visas got declined you know we went and released birdcage and gravity probably our two best received songs ever so at the moment i'm just kind of i'm just excited to see what cool thing we do after this <laughs> mishap you know what i mean so yeah yeah, well, I'm sure people will definitely be waiting for you to come tour again. I mean, not least um, fans stateside who, who, uh, oh, who are looking dude. forward to that. But obviously you had your, um, well, I mean, th- this this release was all um, centred centered and timed around doing, well, uh, you had the, the European headline dates then at the beginning of April then with... Um, with Wargasm and Static Dress. And then obviously Creeper then was, was, would have come straight after that. But, um, but that's been rearranged. So, so hopefully, hopefully that yeah. will come through. But um, I guess it's just looking forward to, to getting out there as, as and when you can. We, you know, it's, nobody knows right now. We can just uh, plan as best we can. But, uh, but in the meantime, it's been, it's been good that, that you guys have been proactive and, and doing different acoustic sessions and, and I know Lucas, you're getting your keyboard out and, and doing <laughs> uh, recently for different things like the, the download festival socials and the, Oh uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And the horizons in Wales. And, um, I know James, you've been, you've been doing that yourself and, and keeping busy with your, your, chain, your James and the Colgan stuff as well. 
Yes, it's the only thing we can do at the moment. Obviously, we'd love to be for us four to be together, but uh, until until we're able to do that, then uh, just got to kind of try and do whatever you can. And when that time comes, when that time comes, you're able to do that. Does, it, does that mean? Well, I know if it means it or not, but does that mean new music then coming anytime soon? Ah. Um, well, we 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 always work on new music. I think that's 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 been quite an important part of our band really is the fact that you know we've released 19 songs in three years and like i kind of like the thought of doing another 19 over the next two years you know um so there's always something to look forward to um and there's always something that we're planning towards um but at the moment i I feel like we you know we're very proud of gravity and birdcage and we're really excited for what comes next and and i feel like you know it's maybe a slight arrogance on our part, but we always feel like the thing that we've got hidden behind closed doors, you know, on the way is always better than the last thing we put out. And, uh, and I think we're really, really right about that this time. Uh, on a trying to uh, spread a little positivity, you've been, you've been doing different things, supporting different causes. You've had the, the, uh, the uh, crisis collective, the t-shirts um, to support your crew which is a very nice thing to do and the, the the tours that never were same thing there and um i know some of you've been involved with the the music venue trust and and save our venues campaign which is obviously something very very close to our heart so if there's anything yeah any causes or any any people or anything you want to shout out and then, then go for it um i think it's mainly just a reminder to support your local scene i, I know it sounds really stupid but like fuel the pub uh hobos um there's countless venues across club 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 yeah yeah like you know we are like i said earlier we're a real product of our local scene and without those venues like we wouldn't be the people we are today let alone the band that we are today so um you know if anybody has any spare change you know the save our venues music venue trust setup is is a really important thing and also just support local businesses as well like heads above the waves and there's loads of I mean, the thing is, you know, there's so much things to spend your money on. <laughs> but um, so it is a bit of a weird one to tell people. But um, yeah, just wherever you can support, support, you know. I think it's important for people to remember as well, not to not to beat yourself up if you're not having as as a productive lockdown as you, as you maybe hoped or as, yeah. as maybe you see and other people have. I think if, if anything, like just try and use this time to sort of get more in, in tune with your own feelings and, and take some time to speak to your loved ones and just uh, just take good care of yourself, really, and we'll see you on the other side. Amen. Amen to that. Well, on that note, uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys, for Thank having you. this chat. I'm sure everyone Thank will you, enjoy it and um, and look forward to whatever comes next when, when you see everyone on the other side of this uh, this strange time that we're going through. I'm a sinner Things are never gonna be the same You're my compass